Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Tomorrow, everybody. This is the darker side of midnight. I am Matt Blaze, producer and board off of the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. With me, as always, he is our local board operator. It is his last day for now. Elias is here. A sad day for the other side of midnight, but a happy, joyous one as well. <laughs> Why are you saying it's happy and joyous? You want to leave? No, 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 no. But it's. It's moving on, you know? It's the the end of an era, but the beginning of a new era. Right, right. When one door closes, a window opens. And you're just looking forward to the day I grace this lovely radio station's presence again. Once again, yes, you'll be here. So, it's just you and me today. Ken is going to miss your last day and last podcast. Ken, once again, on a photo shoot. Now... (laughs) I have to, like, search, and I have to do it on the download because I don't want Ken to see me. So, like, when he goes out of the room, so every day at about 2 a.m. is when Ken warms up his dinner or lunch or whatever the fuck you want to call it at this time. Yeah. Every day. Midnight snack. Right. Well, every day at 2 a.m., I guess you say it's lunch. So every day, 2 a.m., at that break, Ken leaves the control room to go warm up his lunch every day so i'm like i gotta go through this guy's stuff because i gotta see where he's going and what's doing i mean i know he's going to texas at least that's what he said and i found he is going to texas another photo shoot for another magazine son of a gun now listen to the name of this magazine starfish oh man He's going he's going from animal to animal. Starfish. I like I'm thinking in my head starfish. I'm like what now you're you're underwater? You're in an aquarium? What is starfish? Spread out and stuck to glass. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking like huh, now you're into underwater sea creatures like you're doing a magazine cover for that? Like what is that? And then I thought a little harder. All I'm going to say is just think about starfish and what looks like a starfish and that's this magazine that ken is doing a photo shoot and i also saw a catalog that had assless bathing suits oh man and assless assless leather chaps and i thought what's going on here so I'm just, I didn't say anything. I'm just hoping he's getting paid good money. That's all I'm hoping for, for uh, this guy. He's get, He keeps going on these more and more often. I think I think he's starting to get a feel for it. Two in a week. Two in one week. Crazy. This is two now uh, Fridays, two Thursdays. It'll be on Sunday. He's not coming back till Monday night that he's missed. 
all for these ma- modeling magazine shoots, and I don't know what's going on. I hope he comes back in one piece. Oh, yeah, we can hope. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I mean, really, I don't even know where you buy a magazine I, called Starfish. I, I was going to say, I really hope that one of these days I don't walk into my local deli and, uh, you know, they have all their, their magazines spread. And all of a sudden, at the corner of my eye, I see Kenneth on the cover Those, spread out. I, yeah, well, I'm saying it's going to be on the back rack in plastic. And you're going to have to really look. I mean, maybe you'll see the top of his hair. Um, yeah, I mean. Or his face. And you'll be like, oh, wow, what's Ken on? And then you open it up and there he is again on some other weird magazine. Or maybe they'll have a cover on the magazine where it says uh, yeah. big old 18 plus on it. Yeah. I mean, I did see something else written there that had a list of maybe possible other modeling shoots. There were no dates, but it said magazines. And there was another magazine called Candy Maker. And I was like, what the hell is that? You know, all I'm going to say is if you want to fight, go look up this term candy maker. And if there's a magazine for that, that's all I'm going to say. Look it up yourself. Anyway. This is the darker side of midnight where we talk about what Frank Morano talked about earlier this morning. This morning being August 25th. This is Elias's last show for now. So I said we have to do a podcast today because we did not do one for the past two days. Yeah. So I said uh, it's Elias's last day. We got to do a show. Yeah, we had to do a proper send off. That's and right. I, I really appre- I appreciate. That, uh, to stick around and be able to do it. Elias needs the proper send-off. And on a Friday, we just finished Ask Frank Anything. But before we do that, I just wanted to touch upon one thing that we talked about yesterday, and that was the cursive writing. Yeah, the art of script. The art of script. Now, I, of course, learned cursive writing in school. Elias, did you learn cursive in school? I did. I think I still have my cursive handbook. Really? I haven't looked back. I, I keep all my papers, usually. But I... Now, did you did you use cursive? Did you write a lot in cursive? They had us learn it. They had us write it. Right. And, and this was in the third grade, and I hadn't revisited it since. Okay. I, I can write my name in script. Right. I can, you know... You I, sign your signature right. in yeah, script. Of course, and, you know, occasionally I'm like, okay, how do I write this letter in script? And so I can write a script D, yeah. G, A, I. Well, those, are, know, those right. are easy letters. Now, I said this last night that I have not used cursive in I don't even know how long. And, and the thing is, we always wrote in script. That was, it was, that's how we wrote everything in script. And I couldn't remember how to write a uppercase cursive G. I, I couldn't remember. I actually said, I could, let me take something. So I took one of our sheets here that we had something that was written down, and I went to write it in script. And I had a hard time doing it, like, to connect the letters. And Frank asked me about my handwriting. I said, yeah, my handwriting is a mixture of print and script. Like, Yes, I signed my signature in script, right. but my actual handwriting is both. Like, I might not connect the M, but I'll connect the A and the T's, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. Yeah, I do the same thing. I Sometimes my handwriting drags a little bit, especially right. if I'm writing, you know, fairly quickly. 
But the, the way that I was always able to tell who knew how to write in the script and who didn't, or, or no, who learned and who didn't, right. you could always tell because it was everybody that went to Catholic school that wrote in the most perfect, beautiful uh. script, and I would watch them hand in their, their handwritten papers, and I, I was like, wait, I know you went to Catholic school because that script, I, not only can I not read it because right. I'm a, you know, a silly public school child. Right, but but it was just it was just gorgeous, and I I knew I knew those nuns were slapping that into him. Absolutely. Now, when I went to school, we we just learned it, and you had to write every letter, uppercase, lowercase, and you practice, and you connected them, mm-hmm. and it was an exercise. I mean, you had to learn cursive. And now, so I'm looking at my handwriting right now on this piece of paper of all the questions from Ask Frank Anything, and it is mostly print. Um, I write in a, it's more of a combination of upper and lowercase letters, just like the A, but it's a small uppercase A, you know what I mean? It's a small uppercase? In other words... Same size? Right. No, in other words, like, the word is, uh, let me, I'm trying to find, actually, so in the word seafood, the A, even though it's the capital S, lowercase E, but then capital A. But it's small. Interesting. Okay. Like that kind of a thing. And it just depends on, I guess, how I'm writing and what I'm doing at the moment. I get you. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes you're feeling creative. Were, you write the A, the A, not the right. not the circle with the line, but you got the little hook above it. Above right. The, yeah. Exactly. Know, Stuff like that. The, I, old, uh, the old aerial font, you know. I think I, it was some point in high school maybe that I started, I stopped writing totally in cursive and started writing in this sort of weird mixture of cursive and print yeah once you're except for my signature yeah once you're out of practice it's it's kind of hard to and i to couldn't get do it. Into it i was trying last night i could not do it like i said i had to actually look it up what does a, a uppercase g look like and then frank goes well what about the q and i go oh yeah the q and i had to look it up and yeah he's right it's like a number two and then i was like oh yeah i'm thinking about it now yeah. i because i haven't seen a script q in exactly and I'm thinking about other letters that are different. I'm like the lowercase b. That's a different letter. The uppercase d. Because when we learned how to write these letters, it was where you started the letter was very important. Right. So I remember like a d. You had to start at the top. You go down. You make the loop. Mm-hmm. And then you come up. Like it was a certain way you had to do it. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you do it with the make the D first and come up. I don't even remember. I yeah, because it's hard to it's it's hard to describe it without actually doing it. I think Be- it's the one with like the four loops, right? Yeah, there's it's, like a big loop. There's a lo- you start at the top. There's yeah. a little loop at the bottom. Then you come around to make the actual body of the D. But then it's how do you connect it to the rest of the – there's a whole thing going on that I don't remember. And I I use this every single day. At some point in my life, I wrote this way every day on everything I wrote. And I could not for the life of me write in script. I mean it looked like I was a third grader again (laughs) first writing in script. That's how bad it looked. I wrote the word barbecue. Oh, that, because that's... I was like, "What's got to be in it?" And then I showed it to Kevin, K- Kevin uh, Bunk, who was here, and I go, and he's like, looks at the paper, and he goes, "Why are you writing barbecue?" And I go, "Well, I'm trying to write in script in letters that are weird, differently from the normal letters. Like, 
Like it's a terrible word to write. Yeah, because a lowercase e and a script lowercase e thing, pretty much. A C yeah. is the same thing. An I is the same an thing. I, well, an I, no, no. An it's I a bit a of a, a, a tiny loop, right? Well, well the, the uppercase I is a loop. Mm-hmm. That you loop, you start from the bottom, you loop up and around to the left, and then connect it across itself sure. to the next letter. That's an uppercase I. Yeah. The lowercase I is the same as a print. Yeah. So I, I should know. On the I, I, have, I have one in my name. Yeah, you should know. But, like, I'll write, um, I, I think I mostly write just in print stuff now when I, when I really think about it. So, I um, I don't know. I think people should learn cursive. I think kids should learn it mm-hmm. to know the art of writing and not just uh, depend on a keyboard. You should have some sort of handwriting. Yeah, that's, it's because it's, eventually you're going to run into it and it's going to look like Sanskrit to you. Yeah. Right. Well, the whole point, I, at least how I remember it, that learning cursive was supposed to be faster when you're writing to writing cursive because you're connecting the letters. Mm-hmm. So when you first learn it, once you get it down, it's faster to write in cursive than it is to write in print. Right. But now being older, and I've been writing the same way for all these years, now it's just this weird mixture of wacky letters. And I'm left-handed, which is always oh, yeah, that'll screw the worst up. thing. I mean, you have no idea. When I was in school, and every lefty knows this, mm-hmm. that you come home every day from school, and on your the back of your fingers, like your pinky and your ring finger. Callus? No, not calluses. You have ink marks oh. because you're going across the paper. So you're smudging. If you're writing in pencil, it smudges. And that's when they first came out with uh, erasable ink. Mm -hmm. And the pen was called an eraser mate. I don't know. They still make eraser mate pens. but I think so. It was when they first came out because that was a big deal. See, because pen was permanent. So when I was a kid in, like, first grade, you were not allowed to write in pen. Neither was I. Because if you make a mistake, you can't erase it. So then they came out with the eraser mate pen. But the problem was it smudged. So all of my papers from school always have these big smudge marks because you, you as a left-handed person, you write across the paper and it smudges what you just wrote. So on even like if you did like every other line, the lines that didn't have any words on it always had smudges on it. Right. Because if you think where you lay your hand, you're, you're laying your hand and it's smudging across the paper. It's really a shame that the the world is built for right-handed people. Oh, the, totally. Is. The uh, my 100%. my my dad's a lefty, and I, I I have these very distinct memories of him, you know, sitting down at my computer because I'm asking for help with homework or whatever it is, uh. and he he can't use my mouse oh, because you see, it's he has to, he brings in his own left-handed mouse. Right. See, I don't do that. See, I learned early on to use a right-handed mouse. There's mm-hmm. certain things that I can do as a right-handed person, and there's certain things that I can't. So, obviously, I write with my left hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I played baseball, Little League, I batted lefty. I caught with my right hand, threw with my left hand. Uh, it became a problem when I first started in baseball because they wanted me to be the catcher, and it's impossible finding a left-handed catcher's mitt. Yeah. So I used to catch with a regular mitt, which was... 
hurt your hand. It, it's so backwards. At any age, because, I mean, I was only like nine, mm. but it still hurts even with another nine-year-old throwing at you. Um, but, and then with golf, I never golfed in my life, like, on a golf course. My grandfather was a big golfer, but he was right-handed, and he taught me how to putt right-handed. So I will putt right-handed. Interesting. But I swung a baseball bat left-handed, which would mean I would drive left-handed if I was to drive a golf ball, but I've never even tried. Right. Um, I can throw a Frisbee with my right hand. You know, I throw a Frisbee. I'm, I'm a righty. I throw a Frisbee with my left. Yeah, I can do both hands with Frisbees. Um, the other thing that always was a problem, just a lot of things are a problem, but mm. with, oh, as a drummer, I learned on a right-handed drum set. I didn't know there were even a difference. Right. So the right di- and left so it's the same set. thing. It's like your dominant arm and leg is whatever side, right? Mm-hmm. So as a lefty, if you look at how a drum set is set oh, up. Oh, you just put like the toms on the So everything's on the opposite. Sides? So in yeah, other yeah. words, if you look at a drum set, you'll see the hi-hat is on the left, mm-hmm. then the snare drum, then the toms. Uh, you always have like sort of like the higher toms are right above the snare and it goes around to the right. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason is uh, when you hit certain notes, because you would lead with your right hand, that's your dominant arm. When I actually went and took drum lessons and I told the drum teacher that I'm left-handed, he actually started to like move the drums around. And I went, no, 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 I already play this way. Yeah. And he was like, oh, wow. He goes, that means you can play this way. And there was a, a teacher or a guy who wrote a book, and he lived in the area. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this book, and his philosophy was everything on the left side of a drum set should be played with your left hand. Everything on the right side should be played with your right hand. That was his philosophy. Now, if you ever watch drummers, they cross over. Right. And they hit the hi-hat with their right hand, and they hit the snare drum with their left hand. Mm-hmm. And what I did was... I use a technique called open-handed where I would hit the hi-hat with my left hand so I was open. So my I had my arms open, open, not crossed over. Right. And I did it that way. That was always not an issue for me because I, I adapted. Mm-hmm. And as a left-hander, that's what you do when you're lefty. You know, Ken's lefty. Really? Yeah, Ken's lefty too. You know, I, I, the two I, of us. I smelled something off when I first met you too. <laughs> and I'll tell you. I think my handwriting is much better than Ken's. Well, that that comes from very different places. He he could be very practiced. <laughs> that's, that's all I gotta say. All that you know, all that modeling. You know. Yeah, that's true. All the modeling. So, hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor developed and tested Anacool by Anacool A N A C O O L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Uh, today was Ask Frank Anything Day. 
The first question, we've got a lot of these questions lately with Frank and crushes. It's yeah, everybody's very interested in in his yeah, his like preferences. Something last life. week about an indecent proposal. Now this week the question from Larry in Long Island was did he have a secret crush on anybody who worked here? And so he was he of course he says like no cuz like if his wife is listening to ask Frank anything was it? What is she? What is he going to say? He's going to say yes. Yeah. He right. knows she listens. He's even said this is the segment she li- makes sure she never misses. So you know he's not going to say no or say, oh yeah, I'm, I have a secret crush on so and so. But I will tell you this. So the three people he named: Juliet Huddy, mm-hmm. Lauren Conlon, and Jacqueline Carl. Three people that no longer work here. Right. Number one. Probably Number the two, I know he is friends with Lauren Conlon, for sure. I know they're friends. And I know Juliet Huddy, he speaks to here and there sure. once in a while. And listen, they're both married. But he's like, why did he name those three people that he, in other words, he doesn't have a crush, but he found the need to name these three attractive people, people that he found attractive, but didn't have a crush on them, according to Frank. This is all according to Frank that he names three people he found attractive, didn't have a crush, also don't happen to work here anymore, so he doesn't have any kind of day-to-day interaction with any of them. Yeah, Big Brother Rachel is... uh... Yeah. So you, you see how that safe. works out. Like, just so happened, just so happened that those three don't work here anymore. And he found those three attractive. Named not Did not name one person who still works here. Not to say, he, in other words, is he saying that the people that work here aren't attractive? I mean, I don't think he'd ever say it to Ken's face. Probably not. I don't think, I don't think he has the guts. Or he has a crush on Ken? You I never, don't think he has a crush on Ken. Well, how, you, you he never is know. a married man. I don't know that he goes that way. I don't know. But, again, I guess you never know. But I'm just saying, like, there are other women that work here. He didn't name any of them well, that to, are attractive. To be fair, like he said, there aren't that many that hang around the overnight too often. True. That, that is true. But, look, he sees people. He's here enough That's true. At this, uh, to see uh, who's here and who's not. The other question that I thought was great from Brandon, who I know listens to us, every podcast we appreciate it is and i like this one this was almost the winner this was almost the winner came very close and brandon has won before but this was almost a winner he said what would you like your figurine to be a frank morano figurine now i'm thinking frank morano action figure but Maybe it'd be more like a Frank Morano doll. Yeah, he's not much of a man of action. Not exactly an action figure. Now, when I was a kid, I don't know if you know about this, Elias. When I was a kid, we had a doll called Dapper Dan. I do know about Dapper Dan. So Dapper Dan was a doll that you dressed. You kind of learned how to dress by dressing Dapper Dan. I think it would be like that would be Frank's doll. If there was a doll made of Frank Morano, it would be like Fashionista Frank would be <laughs> the name of the doll. And then you could dress him in his bathrobe. Like he said he wears a bathrobe. He'd have his bathrobe. Underneath that, he'd have pajamas. Underneath that, he'd have his Ric Flair boxers. 
He'd have his Hulk Hogan, Andre socks. That would be Frank's doll. Fashionista Frank is the name of the Frank doll. Not a figurine, not an action figure. The Frank Murano doll. I see it. I see it. You know, I, I was also thinking when with when, the gray streak, by the way. Too. I I was just so I was thinking about the gray streak, and yeah. I was thinking about a a Funko Pop, and the Funko Pops yeah. are the you, for the you, pipe. Because yeah. he said he had to have a pipe. I was gonna say he's he's it's it's a smoking pipe in one hand, and maybe a, a book or a microphone in the other hand. Whoever. No, it has to be a mug. Yeah. So that, that would be the accessories that you buy afterwards. There's like a mug. Right, There's right. a Theodore Roosevelt book. There's the Ric Flair T-shirt. There'd you, be like a whole the whole Ric Flair collection. Right. And you it get comes the, with the boxers, but then you have to buy the collection. You, you get the mini one, which is Carmine. Right, yeah. yeah the, the, the mini Carmine. You have the, the gray streak in the hair. But the, maybe some sunglasses. Yeah. Some of those plaid shirts that he's always wearing around here. Exactly what I was with thinking. With the... Uh, the khakis, mm-hmm. and he wears like I don't know what kind of sneakers those are. They're, are they Vans? Are they Keds? I don't. Pay They're like attention. the same sneakers that Mister Rogers used to put on. But people used to who know the Mister Rogers neighborhood show. Every day, Mister Rogers would sing the song "It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood," and he put his suit jacket in the closet, and he put his sweater on, and he put on like his sneakers, and they were like this generic like Keds. Those are the kinds of sneakers. Frank wears the same one, the navy blue. I mean, those are Frank. So that's what would all be part of the fashionista, fashionista Frank doll line with all the accessories. There'd be a pipe. There'd be a mug. Maybe there'd be some salmon that he can eat. There'd be some maple syrup. There'd be some scallop. He says he likes scallops, the old seafood trifecta that he wants to eat. Yeah, you get him all background in a uh, right in a diner. Yeah, exactly. The diner. <laughs> you have his diner. He, 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 I mean, this is a line right now. I'm, I'm thinking it right now. They, Mattel should get on this. You, the fashionista Frank. You gotta, you gotta pitch this to, uh, to uh, Mr. Katsapatidis. I yeah. think I think he will see some potential in this line. Yeah, for the Frank, the Frank Morano fashionista Frank doll, where you get to dress Frank in different outfits, so they could be all different themes. To this fashionista Frank line. Right. Frank Fall, coming to you soon. Yeah, that's right. Frank. Fra- the fashionista Frank Morano Fall collection. <laughs> and have all his different fall autumn wear that Frank can wear. Now, also, and I don't, why is it for the last two weeks people have been asking about ventriloquists? Oh, or, I- no, it was. Frank said last week that he, he, he wanted to be a ventriloquist. Right, right. But that was something that he'd like to learn or he wished he knew how to do it, but he didn't want to put the work in. He just wanted to be able to, like, suddenly magically be a ventriloquist. Yeah, do you talk without your mouth open. What? Right. All of a sudden, he just wants to know how to do He wants to be able to do that without ever actually learning how to do it. So now, tonight, they asked him who was the best ventriloquist. He couldn't even name one. Nope. He couldn't name one. I Off the top of my head, because somebody mentioned America's Got Talent. Off the top of my head, I thought of Terry Fader, who was like the first winner of America's Got Talent, ventriloquist, and Darcy Lynn. I was just thinking of Darcy who's, Lynn. Yep. She's like 14, who also won America's Got Talent mm-hmm. and taught herself ventriloquism. So if she can do it, and she was like 10 when she was on that show. Yeah. If Darcy Lynn can do it, I think Frank Morano can do it. 
And there have been a lot of other famous, somebody named Jeff Dunham, famous ventriloquist. There's a lot of famous ventriloquists that if that's a skill, you say, oh, I wish I could do that, that you might be able to name at least one. Yeah, you there, there, there has to be... There, there. There can't be an aspiration without a figure to look to. And right. you know, if Frank even overnight developed a talent, I think all he would do is is uh, is give you a jump scare when all of a sudden you don't see his mouth moving and you hear talking on it. Yeah, exactly. That w- that would be something scary. It wouldn't. I don't. I don't know how far he could throw his voice. And he cried about that too the other day about he doesn't know how to throw a softball. Remember he said that? Yeah. Wait, wait, come on. What do you mean you don't have to throw a softball? You throw it the same way you throw a baseball. baseball. It's not that big unless you really have small hands. And, uh, and maybe, I mean, listen, I never checked out the size of Frank's hands, but if he can't throw a softball, he's got to have small hands because that's not that hard. I never in my life was like played softball and was like, oh, this is a bigger baseball. I don't know how to throw it. That never entered my head, ever. And I was started playing softball when I was, like, nine. I, I mean, I played baseball first, but then softball. Right. It, yeah. If you look at a baseball and a softball size, side by side, it's right. not even, like, twice as big. Like, Frank, it's, it's, it's Frank made it sound like that a softball was the size of a basketball, and oh, you didn't know yeah. how to throw it. Like, <laughs> you didn't know how to grip it. Like, no, it's not that big, dude. It's it's uh, it's bigger than a baseball. I'll give you that, but it's not like you're trying to throw a basketball or one of those big rubber kickballs, or even a football. Or even yeah, a football. If you said I don't have to throw a football, that I can understand because that's a you know it's a what is it? Uh, an oval. Is it an oval? Is that what you it's, call it? I guess so. Some kind of yeah. We always say like football shaped. So y- I'm thinking y- what what is right. a what is a football shape like? What was his name? Arnold football head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arnold. See, I know that. Uh, the cartoon. But, yeah, it's not like a football where you got to put a spiral on it and you might not exactly know how to grip it. Like, that's a that's a ball you really need to learn how to throw properly. A baseball, after a bunch of practice, I mean, you just start throwing and you, and you build your arm and then you throw it. I don't know how much, like, specific technique there is to throwing a softball. I right, think exactly. It's the same in right. baseball. There's not that much technique that's different than baseball in throwing a softball. Uh, what else? I'm looking at the list here. Uh, f- so Frank talked about, and this is the, we picked this as the winner. And the winner was if he could interview Jesus, what were the questions? Now, I didn't understand his answer to this because he made Jesus sound like a wizard. Uh, yeah, I, he was making Jesus sound like God. Right, that's what I thought. And I go, well, he's he's the son of God. He was like a man, like he lived. He was like a guy on the planet. Now, I understand, look, we're two Jews. Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't know much about Jesus. I haven't uh, touched the Bible in a hot minute. But I understand that he did live, and then he came back, the resurrection and all that. I get it. So, question that Jesus was, is there anyone out there in the universe besides us? Like, are there actual aliens? Does Jesus have a telescope? Well, how would Jesus know that? God would know that. God created everything. But how would Jesus know? The other question, what could he be doing differently in his life to make his life better? I mean, what kind of question is that? I, Maybe ask your psychiatrist that, dude. Think, why are you asking? Why is that the question you'd ask Jesus? 
Uh, not to Al Frank, but I don't think Jesus got to Frank's age. And then the other question, again, a question for God. Why did God create mosquitoes? Or as Frank says, mosquitoes. Why did God create them? How, how would Jesus know? Dad, dad. That's like, that's like if I asked you, why did Frank do this? And you go, I don't know, ask Frank. It's the same thing. Why did Jesus create, create mosquitoes? I don't know. Ask God. I bet Why are you asking Jesus about Jesus it? must have been bit by a mosquito once or twice. And he I'm was sure like, he was. Dad, what the hell? Come on. Yeah. If that's, the, if that's the case, I didn't understand why those were the questions for Jesus. I would ask Jesus, how do you rally a crowd? <laughs> right, yeah, that's a good question. I'd be like, did you really turn water into wine? Wait, and show me how. Oh, is that just a magic trick? Like, is that, did you really do it? And how or, aged is it? Yeah, like, how did you do that? Because I'm thinking that's something David Blaine could probably do. So maybe that's what Jesus, maybe Jesus was just like a magician, like like uh, like a David Blaine or Chris Angel. He just did illusions. That, that water didn't really turn into wine. It was just an illusion. It wasn't, I mean, that's what I was You're ask. questioning the fundamentals here. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Are they, well, I don't know. You, you got to take the book's word for it. I guess so. I mean, that's not a book that I read. So I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, that's, those aren't questions. What Frank asked Jesus, that would be a really crop interview. I would need <laughs> a lot more. I mean, Frank said, I'd like to prepare and thank God off the top of his head. It's not like Jesus is about to walk into the radio station and sit down with Frank and he's going to interview him. But, I mean, the questions that Frank asked him were like, Oh my! No, those are the wrong questions. So I I didn't get that at all. Uh, the other question. Let me see. That was a good question, uh, nonetheless. Though yeah, I, I'm just Frank. Uh, Frank managed not to answer it in in the right. way that was and, and that's answered. why we picked that as the best question because it was a good question. It was just and this is usual with a lot of the questions. Frank gives crap answers. The questions are good. Just the answers suck. So once again, that was another one where, you know, this ask Frank anything, maybe you should have uh, put a little more thought into that because that was kind of wacky. Um, so that was our, our ask Frank anything for today. I, 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 I'm not going to go over all these other questions because some of them, I mean, Carmine's future career, some Star Trek question. How in depth did he study grammar? Uh, not that in depth. Uh, I can tell you. And, and he had he had the audacity to say, you know, my, I don't think my grammar is that good. As if he doesn't work on it every well, day. He doesn't well, do his little uh, spelling bees and words. Well, with his, his salmon and his maple syrup and his white and all the other stupid words he says. And he's like, he gives his stuff to Rachel to spell check. And he's like, thank God I did. And he says that he studied his grammar, but he actually doesn't. Rachel is the one that knows how to speak and write proper grammar. She's the journalist, so she knows what's going on. Frank gives it to her, and thank God that he does. Otherwise, who knows what would be going on. I don't on know what email, I don't know if I'd be able to decipher those emails. Right, and once again, he uh, gushed over Tulsi Gabbard about, uh, well, she's not, yes, she'd be a great VP. I'd like to see her for president. But, but meanwhile, he, again, likes to maintain he doesn't have a crush, and I don't think there's anybody who has listened to The Other Side of Midnight and does not think that Frank Morano doesn't have a crush 
on Tulsi Gabbard. There's not one person who listens who's like, wow, he really likes Tulsi Gabbard, but he doesn't have a crush on her. Get out of here. No one thinks that. That's his Hawaiian princess right there. Oh, absolutely. And if she ever came in here for an interview or he ever got her on the phone, I I, want to hear what that sounds like. I don't don't know if Frank can contain himself. I don't think he'd be able to get her off. Yeah, I don't think so. Absolutely wouldn't be able to get her off at all, if you know what I'm saying. Tulsi. So that is it, Elias. That is your last show for now. It's been it's been a fun go. I hope to be back. Um, That's the plan, correct? That is the plan. I, I there there is no other plan in mind. But so you will be back when will that be? December? Mid mid December? Should be mid December. Toward closer to the end. Just in time for the holidays. I've, so are you going to come in mid December? Are you going to wait till after the New Year? Nah, I, I listen. I'm a Jew. I got nothing to do on Christmas. That so is I'll, true. I'll bring in my Chinese food, and uh, we'll have ourselves a show. That is 100 percent right. You will bring in your Chinese food on Christmas Eve, and uh, you'll be ready to go. And uh, look, that's what I, I listen. I was here on the Christmas Eve into Christmas morning once, so I know what it's like. All right. So if you're listening to this, of course, the darker side of midnight, you want to listen to the other side of midnight with Frank Morano for the same day today being. August 25th, the two shows go together as we talked about what Frank talked about earlier this morning. You also want to go to the Facebook group, the Morano fans and haters on Facebook and see what's happening over there. It is uh, quite an experience if you just view what's going on in the Facebook group. So join up there and we end it like we always do. Your influence counts. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.